Hi, you're listening to Your Best with my nanny, Kathy Weckworth. Hi, this is Kathy Weckworth, Executive Director of Best Life Ministries, and you're listening to Your Best, a motivational, inspirational 30 minutes that will help you want to be your best. Today's topic is the busyness of Christmas. Christmas is a time of year when traditions set in and we embrace high expectations for ourselves and one another. How much can we do? How many get-togethers can we attend? How many presents can we purchase? How can we make it feel special to ourselves and others? And without even knowing it, we become sucked into the big vacuum cleaner of the busyness of Christmas. As a mother of three, I wrestled with how much was too much. Over the years of my career, because I worked for church, I was responsible for creating an atmosphere where the congregation at Christmas time was going to be joy-filled. I was expected to come up with unique, fresh ways to tell the same wonderful story. Upon my shoulders, I bore the responsibility and expectations of presenting something that made people remember Jesus and made them feel like it was a special time of year. During my last position held as worship director, I remember vividly that September afternoon when I was on break. I hadn't even begun the new position I accepted at a church. Well, knowing that I hadn't even started, they called me. I didn't recognize the number, but I answered, Hello? The voice across the phone responded, Kathy, This is the new church. We're wondering what your plans are for Christmas. We have a committee meeting tonight. We need your input. But it's the 1st of September, I stated matter-of-factly. Yes, so we have a good amount of time to work with, the secretary answered. But I haven't started the job yet, I responded. Well, we know, but we're ready to start, so what can you do to help? Thus I began working on a Christmas theme before I ever even started the job. For me, the busyness of Christmas would always begin to settle in during the month of October, as Christmas CDs were listened to, songs were chosen, and services planned. The day after Thanksgiving, cookies were baked, presents were shopped for and wrapped, and events were scheduled. As December arrived, the calendar would fill up and parties were planned and attended, holiday travel was mapped out, trees were set up, the house was decorated, and Christmas services would begin to unfold. Each year, details were planned and executed, while time ticked by. But something in me began to shut down that year during the Christmas season. I remember the feeling of overload. I remember that I plugged in my favorite little Christmas tree in my office, only to watch a few sparks fly and all the lights go dark. That's how my heart felt. I was just too busy. To think outside the box that year, I hired a farm to deliver a camel, a donkey, sheep, and I created a live nativity for the week before Christmas. I spent time creating advertising, and I was interviewed by the radio and local papers for the original Christmas drama I wrote. I put together a drama team to create that live nativity. It was a whirlwind of details. With a rotating cast of 12 wise men, 6 Mary and Joseph, and 6 shepherds, I created costumes. I tied on sashes and shiny crowns to each member as we sent the various teams out into the snowy night. Huge lights were beaming onto the scene while over 600 cars drove through the parking lot. I arrived early. I stayed late. 
I rehearsed songs, I practiced piano, I prayed with people, and I stayed every night for two weeks to produce the set for Christmas Eve drama. Preparing for that drama meant ordering lights, building a set, painting walls, and creating props. Scripts were copied, music was rehearsed. Each night after work, I'd run home, I'd cram in a few minutes of a Christmas movie, I'd stay up late and bake my kids' favorite cookies. But I began to feel the fatigue settle in upon me like a cold, wet blanket, and I prayed. With all of the organization and prep underway, I watched in utter dismay as the weatherman predicted a huge winter blizzard to land on December 24th, the night of the event I'd spent months working towards. December 23rd arrived, and I was still alive. All of the specials were sung, and the cookies enjoyed, the parties attended, the dramas presented. But in the last few moments, before the Christmas drama and those services, the snow began to fall. I drove the hour and ten minutes home that December 23rd night. I wondered what would happen. As Christmas Eve arrived, the blustery weather arrived with it. I paced back and forth, watching the news. One by one, the local churches were announcing they were canceling services. The phone rang, and I answered breathlessly, Hello? My pastors informed me that we were moving forward with our service. I better leave in plenty of time. My husband, Farmer Dean, warmed up the big four-wheel drive truck that he has, and my children piled into the car, but my heart and mind felt much the same as the outdoor weather, in a blizzard of anxiety and busyness. One by one, the pieces fell in place, and all the cast and crew arrived. The stage was set, and the evening began, even though a blizzard was outside. That night, 750 people came to our services. Many of the people whose services had been canceled could not and would not usher in Christmas without being at church. When the last person walked out and my pastor hugged me goodnight, my husband loaded up the last of the boxes and waited in the truck for me. The thing about creating Christmas for everyone else is that when it's over, the people happily rush home to their festivities. But for you, a creator of a service, you're left with the aftermath of letdown and mess. That Christmas Eve, I sat down in the middle of the stage in the sanctuary. One single light bulb from the exit sign sent a small ray of light around me. The wind was howling. I pulled my sweater up tight around my neck, and I looked out at the aftermath of bulletins and bows, crumbs and coffee cups, and I said, Dear God, I'm ready now. I'm ready for Christmas. For everyone else, it's almost over, but for me... Bring it on, because I'm ready. And in the quietness of the room and my heart, I just sat still and I waited for a rush of God wind to blow through my heart, quiet my soul, and allow me to be still and feel the peace of Christmas Eve. When we take on too much, we don't really take in anything. Sometimes the best of Christmas is found in the simplest of things, a quiet moment reflecting on the tree, a Christmas carol sung around the piano, or a cup of coffee with a Christmas story read from your Bible. Let's listen to this great song by Amy Grant that reflects on the busyness of the season. I really love it, so listen carefully to those words. I made this same mistake 
The fun thing about that song is that not only is it true, true in my life at least, but I like how Amy talks about the three channels on your TV set, ABC, NBC, CBS. Remember when we were little? It wasn't hundreds and hundreds of different stations. So thinking about that, going back in time, I like to think about my favorite movies. And here today, joining me in the studio is Rob Proper, and he is our movie critic with The Bottom Line. Hi, this is Rob Proper with Best Life Ministries. This time of year, it's fun to stay in, cuddle under a warm blanket, and watch a movie with the family. Here are a few brief reviews of three classics that are some of my family's favorites to watch every Christmas season. Miracle on 34th Street, the 1994 version, 
has a runtime of 114 minutes, and it's a great movie. It's a story about a little girl's long-held dreams coming true after developing a friendship with Kris Kringle and Santa's battle to get everyone to believe in the spirit of the season and Santa himself. Ultimately, it's a story about faith in what some consider unbelievable. One of my favorite quotes from the movie is, I'm not just a whimsical figure who wears a charming suit and affects a jolly demeanor. You know, I'm a symbol. I'm a symbol of the human ability to be able to suppress the selfish and hateful tendencies that rule the major part of our life. If you can't believe, if you can't accept anything on faith, then you're doomed for a life dominated by doubt. The next movie is It's a Wonderful Life, with a runtime of 130 minutes. It's one of the most well-known Christmas movies of all time. It's an incredible film about a kind-hearted, helpful, big dreamer, George Bailey. George doesn't realize his own worth, and when things in his life don't go as he planned, he begrudgingly, and yet gracefully, gives up some of the things that he thought he wanted most in life, only to discover what is truly important. When God gives George a glimpse of what his life could be like if he had never been, it's thought-provoking to think of not only what we would be missing, but of how many others' lives would be changed. Would we appreciate just how blessed we truly are if we were given such a glimpse? And finally, I wanted to talk about the Nativity story, with a runtime of 101 minutes. Frankly, I think this is one of the most well-done and biblically accurate movies ever made. The Nativity story has remarkable acting that gives us an amazing perspective into the inner struggles and cultural stigmas that Joseph would have felt at the revelation that his betrothed wife was pregnant. Also, the evil paranoia of Herod, the awe and wonder of the shepherds and wise men as they look upon the face of the newborn Savior of the world. All of this and so much more come together to make this one of the best movies I've ever seen. It is a must-see at Christmas time, especially to help remind us of the true reason we have to celebrate. The bottom line these are just a few of the holiday classics that I have the privilege to review, and I'm sure you and your loved ones will enjoy these classics both now and in years to come. From my family and the wonderful people at Best Life Ministries, God bless you, and Merry Christmas. This is Rob Proper, and that's The Bottom Line. Hey, thanks, Rob. Thanks for sharing those fabulous, fabulous recommendations, because guess what? They're my favorites as well. Listeners, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Your Best with Kathy Weckworth. And today we're looking at the beautiful season of Christmas and how the actual purpose of the season can get away from us. We can be affected by our busyness in an emotional way and also a physical way. Here's Dr. Deb, one of our staffers, to give us some great advice about staying healthy for the holiday season. 
Hi listeners, this is Dr. Deb Peterson for Your Best Life. The beauty, joy, and busy pace of the Christmas season are upon us. It seems that the hustle and bustle of this time of year often wear us down and negatively impact our health. Here are a few helpful hints to remain healthy over the holidays. First, wash your hands. When you don't have ready access to a sink, you can use hand disinfectant. Both can help prevent the spread of many of the respiratory viruses that are common during the winter months. Second, don't overeat. Yes, there are many, many good things that we see only once a year. However, moderation will help keep all of us healthy. Third, get enough rest. There are never enough hours in the day, especially during the busy holiday season. Listen to your body. Rest and healthy habits are more important than a perfect tree or perfect cookies or perfect gift wrapping. Fourth, consider taking vitamin D and vitamin C over the winter months. Most of us live far enough north that our daily dose of vitamin D is sorely lacking over the winter months. Vitamin C can also help our immune systems. Speak to your health care provider about what daily doses would be best for your health. Finally, and most importantly, remember the reason for the season. Christmas celebrates the birth of our precious Lord and Savior, Jesus. Simplifying your holiday in order to keep the focus on Jesus can be liberating. As we remember his birth with humble, thankful hearts, we are reminded that Jesus paid it all. No amount of rushing around on our part changes anything. So why not take time to rest at the feet of Jesus? This is Dr. Deb Peterson for Your Best Life. Merry Christmas. Thanks, Dr. Deb, for that great advice, something that we really need to think about. How are we taking care of ourselves? Because when we're not taking care of ourselves, eating right, getting rest, and emotionally watching for who we are and being safe about that, then that's where we become sick physically and sick emotionally. Listeners, the word busyness means full of activity with a large number of people moving around not free, committed to something that has previously been planned or arranged, and so unable to undertake another activity. The word peace means a calm and quiet state, free from disturbances or noise, a state of mental calm and serenity with no anxiety. Just look at the two of those words, complete opposites. One brings stress, busyness. The other offers hope, peace. Here are some of the reasons why our peace is gone at this time of year. Here's the first one. We want to please others. We want to be at every Christmas gathering. We want to buy every perfect gift. We want to make sure that everybody's really getting their Christmas cookies and things that they want. But here's what scripture says about it in Luke 5, 15 and 16. Yet the news about him spread all the more, so that crowds of people came to hear him, Jesus, and to be healed of their sickness. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. You see, he was our best example right there of taking those two opposite words, busyness and peace, and putting peace into practice. Here's another reason, number two, being perfect. Oh, Don't try to tell me that you don't want to do that because if you're like me, you want to try to be your very best. And sometimes that whole thought process can get a little mixed up with perfectionism. You want everything to be just right. You want people to think that you're really on top of it all. You've got everything looking exactly like Martha Stewart. But you know what? 
It can't always be that way. And speaking of Martha, well, here's the story of Mary and Martha from Luke 10, 38-42. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sisters left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. You see, friends, Because these two sisters were together with Jesus, one was so worried about how things were going to look, how they were going to taste for the meal, what was happening in the kitchen, that she really forgot the busyness, the importance, took her away and made her forget that she really wasn't focused on the one thing she should be, and that was Jesus. Instead, she was worried about making everything perfect. Do you ever get into that rut? I know I do. Here's the third thing buying too much. If you're anything like me, you're out there shopping. I was out yesterday with my youngest daughter, Janessa. We were going through Kohl's, and unfortunately, Kohl's has those fabulous deals, and then they give you cash back, and then they give you a certain percentage if you charge, and it all becomes very enticing. And the next thing you know, you're looking at a sweater for yourself, thinking, hey, this would be great. And then you're finding a pair of jeans and a new pair of boots. And all of a sudden, you're buying things for yourself, You're buying too much. You're not focused on that list of what people really want and need. Here's what scripture says about buying too much from Luke 12, 15. Then he said to them, this is Jesus talking, watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. Oh, ouch. So what are we really thinking about in the busyness? Again, are we trying to make people think something about us that really we don't even care about? Because we're who we are. How do you create your list of priorities this Christmas season? Where do you see God on the list? What are you going to do to make time for rest, just like Dr. Deb talked about? Do you balance your rest with busyness? Well, listen to this poem by Sarah Star Vincent. It's one that I've had in my desk drawer for many years, and I pull it out every Christmas because I love the feel of it. Tis the season, and people and their good works race by me. I used to race to be a part of that great stampede, to get something for everyone I know, to pay back each kindness, careful, nay, preoccupied, possibly terrified, let I forget anyone and be thought less of. Now I still rush, but I long with all my heart to remember you in some quiet place, to be filled with you and the true reason of your coming. O God, shine your light in me, steady and unwavering. Pour your love through me, a river of living water to satisfy my thirsting soul. This year, take a moment to sit on the stage of your life. Pull your sweater tightly around you. Let the still small light of the night shine on your path. And rest in the peace that Christ has come. Salvation is here, not just from sin, but sometimes every once in a while. In the midst of Christmas madness, Jesus delivers salvation from ourselves. Friends, in the busyness of today, if you have just been racing and crossing things off of your to-do list, well, then you need to just take a moment 
while you're listening, to relax, to calm down, and to think about the true meaning of Christmas. And here to help us do that is Josh Groban with this beautiful song, The First Noel.
Let me pray with you. Dear Jesus, thank you for coming as a baby into this world to bring salvation. Please help us to remember the true meaning and purpose of the season and help us to remain calm, focused, and peace-filled. In Jesus' name, amen. Friends, it's the end of the year, and Best Life Ministries is a nonprofit 501c3. We can use your tax-deductible donations. You can support this radio show and the ministry by sending a check to Best Life Ministries, P.O. Box 73, Benson, Minnesota, 56215, or log right on to bestlifeministries.com. And if you missed last week's show, you can listen to the podcast on iTunes at Kathy Weckworth, Your Best. Remember to keep the season peace-filled, not too busy, but focused, focused on the true meaning of Christmas. For more encouragement and hope, log on to our website at bestlifeministries.com. And for more information about me, you can log on to kathyweckworth.com. Hey, thanks for being with us today. And until next time, I encourage you to go out and be your best. Yeah.